boot room. ABC Grandstand. Yes, hello and welcome to The Boot Room. You're actually with uh, Shannon Byrne. I'm filling in for uh, Ned Hall off the bench from the sideline. I've been dragged up into the main commentary box mm. and joining me is regular Chris Glassick. Thank goodness. <laughs> Chris, great to be here with you. Yeah, great to be here with you too, Shannon. We mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago how much of a uh, coin nerd Ned Hall was uh, so I, I believe he's just out uh, down on Ultima <laughs> Road just looking for coins. Is that is that right? Is that what he's well, doing? Something we do looking, know he's not in the office. Looking so for a rare penny. He he could be um, anywhere at this stage. Mm. We we haven't cited no, him. No but note, no note given, no sick note. Good news. Mm. I'm here. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. So, the, le- the level has just gone up like tenfold. <laughs> well, that's certainly just you can make you can adjust the levels, mate. They're on the board. Like okay. it's, it's the levels are easy to adjust up. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Now, look, I'll say a lot happened, but there wasn't many games. Round twenty-two, finishing up with two games on the weekend, and it mm. really threw me out yeah. as to what time we. I was on air with the Wanderers <laughs> game. What round are we in? And yeah, I yeah. thought, oh, we go to ten oh six, but it was to ten because then we had to go over to the west. And we had a late game, so it really just did throw me. Yeah, it doesn't take much to throw me. Chris. No, it doesn't. Uh, not uh, no 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 sledge intended there. But um, yeah, it's it's just a bizarre happening from the FFA. We've mentioned it for a couple of weeks now. Like, I, I just don't understand why you have part of twenty three played and then part of twenty two, and you're going back and forth. And why are we in the split round? Why not? If you need to give your teams a rest in the Champions League, do what other leagues do and have the week off and give a full rest to the players, particularly at this time of year. You want your, your team and players freshed up for the uh, the finals charge, but uh, but th- that's the way it is at the moment. And we did, although I only have a couple of games, they were highly entertaining. Certainly were, and there were a lot of goals as well. Mm. So um, for the Western Sydney Wanderers, it was an important win and an important three points. Moves them into fifth, but they have a game in hand from the Adelaide United side who sit in 26. So the Wanderers are on 30 points. Adelaide United are on 29, but they have five games remaining, while the Wanderers only have four games remaining. Yeah, and the Wanderers, it's an incredible season for them. I mean, they start with the departure of their coach, Tony Popovich, and now there's talk that he could be coming back to the Wanderers. Then they get Josip Gombau, the Adelaide United legend. It doesn't start well for them. That took them so long to gel. They gel for a couple of weeks, then they get beaten by Sydney FC. They were pretty ordinary in the game that I was on the sideline for against Perth Glory. I must admit, they were probably lucky to get a point that night. Uh, but uh, this is a huge win for them. Sure, it's the bottom place, Wellington Phoenix, but it just cements them and just kicks them away because the Brisbane Raw are chasing. I think it was the the, the, the uh, 4-1 scoreline is the, the fifth time in the last six encounters between the Wanderers that four goals or more have been scored. So it tells you a little bit about the defence. Um, and uh, the, they, the Wanderers welcomed back Hamill, but now they could be uh, having him on the sidelines for a while. Well, I think it probably helps that they have a bye mm. uh, this weekend coming up for round 23 because they've already played Perth Glory right. in a round point 20, in, the board. in the 23. But I don't think they'll lose him for long. So um, it not, was no. a very, very interesting uh, after-match interview. I did speak with Brendan mm. Hamill. So he first scored in round, 20, uh, round three. Mm. And so he got two goals in that 4-1 win on the weekend. Uh, Santalab got a goal in the 40 minute, 40th minute and uh, Ikotomides got the goal in the 90th minute to really 
drive that dagger into the Wellington yeah. side. But Hamill was just outstanding, 68th and 78th minute. Two contrasting goals as well. The first one was a brilliant header into the left corner going yeah. across the goal. And then it was a very opportunistic second goal. But mm. uh, right towards the end, he had a clash with the defender, Fox. Now, to Fox's credit, he probably didn't that's know. That's not Fox. Let's just clear that up. No. <laughs> Fox didn't realise that he was down on... Uh, He's um, like sort yeah. of down on his knees and arms and he had his head down, but we could see it. Blood was streaming mm. from his nose. Fox feeling. didn't know that. He'd obviously had a, a clash with him in the mm. air and hit his nose, but Fox just whacks him on the head and says, sorry. And then Hamill looks up and real disgust on his mm. face. Don't whack me on the head. Blood's pouring out. He's broken his nose. Fox didn't know it, but yep. it just shows maybe don't whack players from the opposite <laughs> side when you don't know the He's lucky he didn't severity. get a, a, a right hook. Abs, well, he was too busy yeah. trying to stem the flow. But I, I, I've broken my nose in a game of soccer before. It's a horrible feeling. I went up for a, a head of this assistant park football and a guy attempted a bicycle kick. So uh, so that's no. as a defender, that's your worst nightmare when they just miss the ball completely and, and get you square. And uh, the, oh, oh, sorry, mate, didn't quite cut the mustard when you're down trying to put your nose back together. Yeah, well, Fox whacked but, uh, him on the head and yeah, said, sorry, yeah, mate, yeah. and that didn't. I, I'm more surprised, too, that goalkeepers don't wear mouth guards because of that yep. reason. You know, the well, clash Peter of bodies. The, uh, oh, Arsenal goalkeeper a... wears the headgear, yes. doesn't he? It's but a, a mouth it's a post, guard. It's all about... as well. Yeah, that's right, the, the teeth. I've always thought, yeah. can't, I can't understand why you don't have a mouth guard yeah, in Yeah, well, that. they're protected species anyway, Shannon. <laughs> but, uh, they don't need any more protection. Well, let's hear, too, from Brendan Hamill. Yeah. I caught up with him after the game and obviously wanted to see, first of all, how he was going. Mm. Two-goal hero, but I'm going to first ask, how's the nose? Oh, that's right. Part and parcel of football. Um, so medical staff will look after me. Got a weekend off next week, so probably have to knock it back into place, hopefully. My engagement party's next week, so I've got to, uh, <laughs> I've got to be looking good for that. But, um, but yeah, I'm just glad we won. Um, you know, would have been nice not to cop that goal uh, so late in the second half after we, after we actually opened the scoring. Um, you know, we were very disorganised and... Um, you know, a bit of leadership and organisation can, can fix that. But, um, you know, I'm glad we got the three points. It was massive. Just come in after um, uh, Josef Gombau had you all in a circle right here in the middle of the pitch where we're standing. And uh, first time I've seen him bring you all in, embrace and passionately talk to you out on the pitch straight after the match. What did he say or what was the message? Oh, I like to keep it in the circle. But, you know, basically we've got four games left and, um, you know, the pretty much we're in the driving seat. You know, we can control our own destiny. We're... We're sixth spot. Um, we can catch fifth and, and fourth uh, facing the, the two Melbourne teams next up. So, you know, four grand finals to play and then anything can happen in the finals. But uh, we take it game by game and um, enjoy the enjoy the weekend off. Um, we'll, we'll be training hard, but there'll be no game. See what happens uh, around the rest of the league and uh, we'll go from there. Congratulations on two goals. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, that was central defender for the Western Sydney Wanderers. And can I just say, too, when you're doing an interview and he says... I had, they still have to push it back in. When I looked at his face and his nose, I actually went queasy <laughs> because it's not too often you're standing there. And I thought maybe they had put it back in, but I actually drained colour and I felt queasy looking at his nose out of joint. Yeah, not a not a medical uh, student. Never never had ambitions to uh, to, <laughs> no, to, to. You could have been a I surgeon, tough, right Chris. there. I yeah, tough, yeah, yeah. Well, talk blood about and tough. What about what about uh, Hamill trying to say? Yeah, it's just part of football. It's not. It's, it's really not. And uh, and um. I'm glad the wedding's still on. Eh? <laughs> well, the engagement party is... Well, that's right. He's got to get there. He's yeah, got to get, to get exactly. through the engagement party. If that nose is going sideways uh... and she has to look at that for the rest of her life, well, 
maybe uh, maybe it's uh, uh, more of a penalty than what we uh, the first thought. Actually, other thoughts from the game. Uh, just watching it uh, on on the big screen is um, Josh Risden seemed to be everywhere. At, uh, and, I, and I remember making a mental note. Geez, he's he's really getting involved. And I had a look after the game. 108 touches. Uh, for Josh Risden. And now there's a player who has the carrot dangling out the front of uh, Socceroo's uh, berth. And he got the call up for uh, Van Marwig's uh, cup coming friendly. So was named in the, the, the big Socceroo squad last week. And uh, he's certainly making trying to make every post a winner, Josh Risden. He was, he was outstanding. Absolutely. And um, yes, was blowing very hard at the end, I, obviously because of the work rate that he had done. And their back four were outstanding again. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wellingtons back four were put under so much pressure. Yeah, Durante and stood up again. He, absolutely. He's such a professional, even at his veteran age. Galloway probably had yeah. a, a night that he'd like to forget. But let's talk had about season to forget, the Western Sydney <laughs> Wanderers. I know, and it got worse for them. Yeah. So the build up to that uh, round two uh, split game on the weekend. Uh, their coach mm. left the club, and so their caretaker co- uh, coach, Chris Greenacre, how's this? He's the stand-in coach for the remainder of the season. It's the third time in the last five years he's that he has ended the as the caretaker yeah. coach. And, I mean, that is just disarray, really. Yeah, he's that guy that every sporting club has that has to stand up when, when things are in, in trouble. But, uh, you know, the kind of guy that cuts the oranges, uh, clears out the sheds at the local park and is the stand-in first-grade coach. It's extraordinary that a professional outfit has got to this stage. Uh, look, we've spoken numerous times about Wellington's problems. They've really got to fix them up or depart the A-League for me. I, I think it's getting to that point where their crowds are so low. Um, they've got to start showing that they bring more to the table. Otherwise, I, I can see the franchise, if not next year, we're, we're not, they're signed well, the, to 2020, aren't 2016, they? 2016, and yeah. they've been given a 10-year license extension. Oh, so 2026, extension. right. So they've got a few years, but... Gee whiz, I, I think uh, if the FFA had their time again, they might reconsider that because they've just done absolutely nothing in uh, about a decade and they really need to bring more to the table. Geelong and uh, Queensland and, and expansion you know, down in Wollongong. We've got that uh, Craig Foster-led bid, haven't we? The Southern expansion. Um, I, I think it might be time to, to start looking elsewhere if they can't improve, but that's you know for another day. Well, you mentioned the crowds, yeah, just on the stats when 2016, when they got that extension, their crowds um, were average 8,042 in 2016 to just above 6,000 with three home games still to play and one's actually going to Auckland as a home game. So technically you've only got two at Wellington Stadium. It's not enough. Um, Let's hear, though, uh, from their left back in what was a very tough night. Thomas Doyle, though, you know, it's always hard to talk after a loss, but I wanted to chat to him just to find out what the mood was like heading into that game with uh, the coach walking out on him. Yeah, it was very tough, very, very tough. Um, You know, it's been a turbulent week for us all. Um, It would have been nice to go out there and put on a performance. Um, But, you know, it's it's one of those things that's going to take time. It's been a big season and... um, you know, the, the players need a refreshment. Um, it was a good good week of training. Um, but obviously, you know, the the turbulence has kind of, you know, affected the players. Um, got to go out there and start enjoying football. We, um, we gave it a nudge tonight, unfortunately. Um, you know, it was uh, kind of tail of the tape, same thing, uh, different night. So. I guess on that, how long had that been building up, do you think, that turbulence and how unsettled? And, and then how much will it take to settle and just enjoy these last five games? Well, yeah, it's a thing. We've got to enjoy it. You know, that's why we play football. It's about enjoying it. Um, and if it gets to the point where you don't enjoy it, you know, you have to look at something else. But that's what Greeny has come in. He said we've got to go out and enjoy it. Unfortunately, it's not 
not the way to enjoy it by losing. Um, you know, we did we give it our best and we, we worked our ass off, unfortunately. Um, you know, you, you need time and structure and uh, unfortunately we've, we haven't had time to kind of put together a, something that Greeny probably would have wanted to work on. Um, but like I said, the boys, you know, they gave it everything. It's one of those things where, you know, you're not going to miraculously turn around the next week. So, you know, we've got to put in time now. It's a... It's a big last five games with 15 players coming off a contract. Um, they've got to prove themselves. And, you know, Supreme uh, came out there, scored a goal. It's young players like that that need to stand up and, and uh, stamp a claim on, you know, the future of the team going forward because that's what it's about now. Obviously, the season's, um, you know, gone the way it has. And so we need to start focusing on, you know, the development of players coming through. And, you know, players need to start fighting for contracts. And that's what it's all about. Um, unfortunately, tonight, you know, it was, you know, same thing, different night, like I said. But... You know, there's, there's five more games. Um, you got to keep positive, go out there, enjoy it. You know, it's out of our control of what happens this season off the field, but uh, we've got to start showing what we can do on the field. Um, that's all we can really do. Do you get together on your own once the announcement's been made that uh, the coach has walked away from the club and uh, what you guys want to focus on as well as a group and get out of this last five games and obviously Andrew Durante, uh, an absolute superstar and legend of the, the club, how are you going to fittingly farewell him as well? Yeah, well... I don't know if he's farewelling yet. You know, he's still got legs in him. He may even stay around for another season. But, uh, you know, Greeny's come in, who's a veteran at the club. Uh, Jura's going to, you know, help out, take control of the club as well uh, from the captain's point of view. Um, but like I said, you know, we as players, we you can kind of feel it coming, but it, it took us all by surprise and we kind of had to deal with it. You know, you lose uh, three three members of, you know, the hierarchy and the staff and then, you, you know, you can't expect to go around and and turn it around next week. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we tried. Everyone left everything out there. It's just been one of those seasons. And like I said, it's not going to turn around in one week. It's a, it's a time thing. It takes time. And, you know, I think that's what they're, they're looking at working on now is getting everything um, in cement and getting a bit of... Um, uh, getting a, a platform set so that we can, we can grow rather than, you know, um, mixing and changing all the time. Well, not your night tonight. You've got three home games. Technically, one's not a home home game. So nice to be able to take your football elsewhere throughout New Zealand and hopefully your fans can get home and support you. Three more games back in New Zealand before your season ends. So hoping for a big uh, round of support there. Yeah, of course. I'm from Auckland. I grew up there, so I'm kind of having a home game, which is quite nice. Mum and Dad can come and watch. But, um, yeah, you know, it's good to get the fan base spread out through New Zealand. Um, you know, hopefully we can get some some uh, people to come support the, you know, the young talent that's coming through and the teams. And you can see it today. There was, you know, five or six young boys coming through, young Kiwi boys coming through, which as a Kiwi player myself, I love seeing, you know, um, as many Kiwi boys in the A-League as possible. So, you know, it's a chance for kind of the country to look at, you know, the new talent coming through. You know, the results aren't going our way at the moment. But, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, a process that takes time. And if you can see the talent that we're starting to put out uh, that's coming through the ranks, coming through our academy, it's, it's exciting. And, you know, hopefully a coach comes in and sees that and we kind of build off that. The Boot Room, ABC Grandstand. And that's uh, Wellington left-back uh, Thomas Doyle kindly joining yeah. us after a demoralising loss because, you know, they sit on the bottom of the ladder after round 22, but really quite honest about yeah. the turbulence that has hit the club. So candid. It's lovely to hear. And uh, it's, I mean, so often when players are under the pump like that and after such a horrible week they go into the cliches none of that at all or they don't just, talk or they don't talk at all so yeah very good of him for just fronting up but uh, you really did get a sense of, of how, how low it's got for Wellington it is going to take time uh, yeah, they've, they've got some massive massive problems alright well let's 
finally touch on mm. the fans for the Wanderers, if we can, because 7,041 turned up to the Sydney showgrounds on Saturday night. But for the first half, two banners went up that won't make friends still mm. with the red and black block and the FFA um, quite, you know, disparagingly uh, were having a go again at the FFA. But more importantly, they were dead silent for 45 yeah. minutes and took a while to get going in the second half. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, the banners, look, I don't mind the banners, to be honest. I don't mind uh, uh, fans having their say and expressing their say. Um, I mean, it doesn't achieve much at the end of the day. It never has. And we've seen it all across Europe. It never, like when they call for the owner out or the manager to go, it doesn't really achieve much. So uh, you can you can do it in other ways. Um, certainly a walkout is better than that or... or, or but. The silence is just so strange. I mean, they they, they got cop their one week ban. They didn't turn up the week before, and uh, to be honest, it sounded like there was more people the week before with six thousand uh, Wanderers fans who were cheering properly for their team to another couple of thousand that uh, that that was just sort of sitting there like sooks, really, weren't they? I mean, it, it's it's no other way to really put it. They were just they were sooking and. They've always had a the problem I've had with the RBV is they've always had a, a, a mentality of victimhood. You know, it, they were the ones lighting flares. It's been their fans that have been involved in clashes. Yes, I know it gets sensationalised a lot, um, and the, and the, the rugby league media love to point out whenever something goes wrong in soccer. I get that that has happened, but it's still their responsibility. It's still against the law to light a flare in a stadium. They've been warned several well, times. Anywhere, let's just a flare is illegal. Pretty much yeah. outside of an emergency so, on the water. So work with the club and the FFA in the off season and get a safe area if you want to, to, to for that to come at the club. The, the rules are pretty black and white. They just don't want to follow them, and 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 they love being victims and and uh, the the underdog and the siege mentality. It sometimes adds to the passion, but sometimes you get moments like last week where it's just bizarre and bad for the game. Yes, it's um, it was very Especially odd when, when Santa Lab and then Habel, Hamill yeah. gets his uh, second goal for the season. Round three was the last time he scored. Any time a defender scores is pretty exciting for yeah. a club. And uh, yeah, there the was, team's uh, pushing for the finals. And, yeah, and the, I mean, important the whole, match. Yeah, and, 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 and your fans go missing. I guess too. Also, the FFA had come out. Uh, the head of the A League, Gregor Rourke, and. He seriously wants to address the flare situation and maybe look at um, safe smoke devices into the stadium next season if that's what they want to do. And can I honestly say, I actually don't mind the flares either. Like, but I get why they're banned. I I totally understand. I wouldn't bring my kids into that that area, um, but they do add a lot of atmosphere to a game. I get that. I get that it happens in in Europe, um, and uh, it does seem a bit sanitised to to ask for permission. But Sydney FC seem to do it well with the. They've got a good relationship with their uh, their owner um, uh, no their owners and, and and the board there where they can ask for tifos to come down from the scoreboard and they and they add to the to, to the and they're not always complimentary of the board there's certainly been protests held before from Sydney FC fans but um, they're the rules and you know that's that's the way it is all right talking about rules. There's no rule or rhyme or reason for Perth Glory oh. season this year. <laughs> How, what do you make of Perth Glory? It's almost like they waited for us 
three weeks ago, Frank and I put the ruler through them and said, Perth Glory can't possibly make the finals. Think, Did you do it in pencil? Well, yeah, I definitely went ink. Frank went a little bit of a pencil. And uh, and I think I'm reaching for the liquid paper because they're back in it, Shannon. They certainly are. They had a 3-1 victory over the Central Coast Mariners. They're now just three points away from sixth place. And a finals berth is not out. But they have still failed to keep a clean sheet since round five. Mm. Yeah, and really disappointing for the Mariners. I thought they were well below par in a game where um, they had everything to play for. I got teased again by Ned Hall and Frank Enko for not ruling the Mariners out because I still thought they had an outside chance if they could get a result here. They've got the Wanderers coming up, and I thought if they could get some back-to-back wins, they'd only be a couple points out from the uh, the top six as well. But now it's season over for them. And, and disappointing because they've played some really good football in patches, the Mariners. They badly, uh, the the Spanish striker, Adrabal, uh, um failed for them miserably and they can't find a backup. They desperately need to go on the market for a quality striker in the off-season. Uh, Diego Silva um, has been a, a, a really shining light and uh, he's had a really good year. Harry is a wonderful player as well, but they've just lacked concentration at key moments, the Central Coast Mariners. So uh, disappointing for their fans because there's a lot to like about the style of football they play. Uh, just uh, concentration and discipline has let them down badly. Now, on the flip side, sometimes Perth are accused of playing pretty ugly football. Kenny Lowe doesn't mind that. And uh, look, what was it about four weeks ago that he had that blow up in uh, social media went nuts where he said, I'm an effing good bloke to his team <laughs> and I don't deserve this. Um, when all the Perth Glory fans were calling for his head, well, it's got the desired result because they've certainly sprung to life. Ken Aze, uh, a wonderful uh, goal to him. He's, he had a sensational game. Um Without Castro as well, they don't need Diego Castro because Kilkenny is doing all the work as well. He, he's he been in sensational form of late everywhere he is at the moment. Well, you mentioned the Mariners. It just doesn't get better. Their no. last five games are against the top five teams well, kind of, in the A-League. They do better against the better. They beat Sydney well, they, FC and they yeah, had, they had them on the rack the second time too. But uh, yeah, you can't see them doing anything. Their, their season's gone, which is really disappointing for them. All right. Well, let's hear Clint Wielden's thoughts on the Mariners. Chris Classic on the ABC's The Boot Room, and I mean this with the greatest respect, Chris, if you're listening, um, <laughs> is convinced that uh, the Central Coast Mariners uh, are a chance of making the top six. I could only describe that as Classic Classic because I don't think they are a chance. The way that they play <laughs> away from home particularly. The glory, look, the glory have had their battles, but they can win away from home. The Mariners, one of ten on the road this season. You cannot possibly see them winning the number of games that they required well, not to anymore. say is at least three, <laughs> including this, um, when they've had to travel for this one. And again, you've got to travel for at least three more. I agree, Clint. See, to clarify, Shannon. <laughs> That's why I've got the buttons for now when I we played that in. I said to Ned Hall, I'm not prepared to rule them out. I didn't say they were going to make the, the, the top six. I, I said they have the potential and that I, I'm not prepared to rule them out. Suddenly, it's uh, it's gone like wildfire, and I'm backing them in at, 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 with my house on it. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> but sorry. yes, thank you, Clinton. <laughs> I'll take it on the chin. I've got it wrong. Well, we we say now Perth 
have a uh, you know slight chance of still making the finals. I guess the downside for them too, though, is they've only got four games left because they've already played around twenty three match, and they still are three points behind yeah. Adelaide United. It just gets really interesting. So for Perth Glory, uh, they have. Uh, the bye next week because mm-hmm. they've already played the Western mm-hmm. Sydney Wanderers. Then they take on Melbourne Victory. That's a winnable game. Then they take on Sydney FC. Okay. Then they take on Newcastle. <laughs> oh, dear. And then they take on Brisbane. And Newcastle at home or away? Uh, they're at home, Newcastle, at Hunter Stadium. Okay. That's a tough a tough. Finish All of them. Is, even the but, Wanderers you know. have a tough um, finish. They take on Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, Brisbane Raw, and Adelaide I fancy United. them against Melbourne Victory. I think they've got the game that can break up the Melbourne Victory, who like to get on the front foot early. And if they can sustain the pressure, I think Perth Glory could play that counter-attacking football, um, and which particularly with Italiano, who provides so much pace uh, out, uh, out wide. I mean, he did a, a bit of an ankle injury, so hopefully he's getting over that. Um, but and if Castro can come back in, I, I, I like them uh, against Melbourne. I, I just can't see them beating Sydney FC or Newcastle the way they're going. I mean, it would have to be a massive upset, but we see it in the A-League all the time, don't we? We certainly do. All right, well, that uh, finishes off round uh, 22. It was two games over the weekend, but uh, round 22, just to get your head around it, Melbourne victory, Newcastle, Brisbane, Western Sydney Wanderers and the Perth Glory side were all winners over two weekends. Coming up this weekend for round 23, we've already seen a one-all draw between the Western Sydney Wanderers and Perth. So your matches are Friday night on News Radio Online and on your app will be Adelaide taking on Melbourne City. Mm. Wellington will take on Newcastle. Sydney FC up against Brisbane. And then Sunday, it's Melbourne victory up against Central Coast Mariners. Okay. So, uh, geez, there's some good good action coming up there, isn't it? The last uh, five it's uh, it's fantastic to Brilliant. see. I mean, you'd think that both Newcastle and Sydney FC are well away uh, as far as the top two, but gee, there's some jostling for that uh, that top four positions and, and, of course, cementing your spot. And I really like the look of Brisbane Raw. I think they're starting to play some good football at the right end of the season. I should also mention uh, we saw today Shannon Tom Rogic uh, for Celtic score an absolute beauty. Uh, he, he can do this from occasions. Just when you think he floats in and out of a game, he scored a cracker against uh, Rangers. And uh, just going back to the uh, Central Coast Mariners, if I can, my final thought, if the season is over, why not try uh, some youngsters uh, into that side? And look, I might have a nephew who's played for their National Youth League team as a centre-back. Why not give him a chance at the A-League, Paul Ocon? <laughs> <laughs> well, they've found it in the Young Michael Glassick, he could be coming off the bench, but no, there he's a few go. years away. <laughs> you never know. Well, look what's happened with Singh and the Wellington Phoenix. That's they right. Throw them into the mix. Earth, and he was the only goal scorer for mm. uh, the bottom I've got him on a contract as well. Phoenix. Have, have you? No, I'm his, you I'm, his, I'm, his, I'm his unofficial agent. He hasn't got one yet, but uh, I'm happy to take 25, 30%. <laughs> That's, just, that's the going that rate, mention. isn't it? All yeah, right. Yeah. Chris Glassick, thank you so much for joining me, uh, Shannon Byrne, on The Boot Room. And you'll do it all again with Ned Hall. And I'll try and jump in the next five weeks just to give my Expertise. uneducated No, thoughts. not at all. <laughs> thank you, Shannon. Thanks, Cheers. Chris. The Boot Room. ABC Grandstand.